And who is like Stefan Peters? Oh boy, that's um, you know that is a that's a very good question. There's um, there's first of all that a person that's still learning a lot, you know, about myself. I mean, what I've learned and had to learn in the last two years, you mm -hmm. know, is incredible. You know, there was a time when um, there was way too much self-doubt, you know, am I getting too old? This was especially mm -hmm. after the World Games. I'm sitting on a phenomenal horse mm -hmm. that has done with a previous rider, um, you know, 74% mm -hmm. already, you know, and I'm getting, you know, 70, 71. Am I good enough for this yeah. horse? A lot of self-doubt. Um, and, you know, I'd be the first one to admit that, you know, that pressure got to me, mm -hmm. you know, and I thought, what is going on? Because um, for many years, you know, being an anchor rider for the team mm -hmm. many times in a World Cup, um, winning the Grand Prix, having to win the freestyle to win the World Cup, so many years I was able to to handle that pressure no, mm -hmm. without any problems. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I feel like this, you know, this anxiety, this um, this pressure is is affecting me physically and mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. Welcome to Dressage Life with JJ Tate. Do you love dressage? Are you looking to inspire your ride? Do you long to learn secrets of truly great riders? Yes? Then you're in the right place. Join classically trained, internationally competitive dressage rider JJ Tate as she brings inspired conversations, in-depth discussions, and a healthy dose of humor to the world of dressage. Join JJ and her new generation of classical riders in this adventure called Dressage Life. In this episode, JJ sits down with dressage superstar Stefan Peters for a deep conversation on who he is as a person, how he balances the challenges of competing, training, and life, along with his views on compassion, being present, dealing with self-doubt and anxiety, and simply being a good human. Join JJ and Stefan for this deeply inspiring conversation that's guaranteed to put a smile on your face. And now, here's JJ. So we are so excited to welcome Stefan Peters on the Dressage Life with JJ Tate podcast. And I'm just so thrilled that you're here. And thank I you. thank you for your time and not only inspiring us, all of us in the world to ride better, but for taking the time to talk with us a little bit about, you know, some deeper things. I mean, I want to create a vehicle for people to get to know you guys, all the top riders and you know, humanize a little bit the struggles that like everyone faces, sure, you know, sure. that competing is hard, training horses is hard, being a good person is hard, you know, and it's like, how do you, you know, incorporate all of that? Yeah. Them. And so, yeah. you know, I mean, we don't really need any introduction to, you know, our multi Olympian WEG team rider. Um, but just tell us a little bit about like, how you came to come to America and has horses always been part of your life and dream and yeah horses have always been a part of my life I mean animals in general and there's my friend <laughs> Nolan right here as you can see I I always had that attraction to animals I remember my parents having a really hard time getting getting me away from a little dog that I saw on the street you know a little a little duck, a little cat. Yeah. You know, I always had the attraction, especially to shy animals. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember when uh, anytime there's a shy dog, I 
love to spend hours to get that <laughs> um, dog to trust me. And that's the same with the horse. Yeah. And um, so my parents were early on extremely supportive with animals, especially with little ponies. We were lucky that we grew up next next to a um, pony club near the Dutch border. Yeah. And uh, we were very fortunate to ride early on in um, uh, major European championships mm -hmm. with the ponies. And I think that's a huge advantage to get your nerves a little bit out of the way. <laughs> you, you're trying to make teams when you're 12, 13, 14 yeah. years old, up to 16. And then you do young riders. So, you know, early on experiencing that, team spirit mm -hmm. and being you know at the same time extremely connected to an animal that fights for you in the show arena yeah is still special still today uh one of my most uh you know amazing um facts about the sport yeah yeah and i, I think that's so inspirational too as like such a top rider who's like won all these medals and done all these great things that like that relationship with the horse and convincing him to go to work for you and yeah. win with you is yeah. like I think one of the things that we all love so much about you that that's just still yeah. so much in the forefront of what you're wanting to accomplish you know it's exactly. like what happens because of that are the medals and right. the big scores but like really what the what the big goal is yeah. is that the horse is like, yeah, I'll show up, I'll do it's it. That, it's that, that that corporation, you know. Mm -hmm. I've many times actually criticized that word uh, submission. Yeah, you know, because it's it's really corporation, and uh, like you said, con convincing them and asking them to cooperate that they yeah. really want to do it, especially at the Grand Prix level. Yeah, if they if they don't want to do it at that level, it is not going to happen. Yeah. You know, yeah, especially. So, and that's why I really believe that, you know, there are um, a lot of pre-St. George horses, small two horses that are pushed a little bit at the Grand Prix level. They're a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah. But, you know, there are many that really want to do it at the Grand Prix level. And I happen to be one of those lucky guys who has had a few and um, with Mopsy, now another yeah. one. Well, and I think it's also got to do with your style of riding and what you want out of your horses and so like if how would you describe that that i mean i definitely think like you have a way to bring just as the, when you were a kid and like a shy dog like that was mm -hmm. like i i want it to come to me you know mm -hmm. and it's like i think you do like you're still you and you still do that and like how would you describe how you're able to do that and um, so many J different kinds of horses jj i'd like i'd like to get it done i've seen so many times in a warm-up for a Grand Prix that a rider, I might exaggerating, but they might ride through three Grand Prix in the warm-up mm -hmm. before they go in. Mm -hmm. You know, this Saturday before the freestyle, um, I walked Mopsy in the morning, mm -hmm. and then I had uh, 20 minutes in, before the five-star freestyle to warm him up, and I felt like he was calm enough. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I need to, needed to repeat a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I really believe in getting it done and keeping the horse motivated. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, they need to be fit. Yes, they need to be strong. But if I really have them mentally with mm -hmm. me, you know, I can accomplish so much. And I love to do that in a relatively short time. I might be on them for an hour, but mm -hmm. the collected work is sometimes 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of walking in between. I believe that the horse really needs... 
uh, that mental rest, but even more the physical rest where the muscles gain uh, enough oxygen again mm -hmm. to do the next movements, the next yeah. repetitions of movements. And it's nothing different when we work out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, We can just do repetition after yeah. repetition. We take little breaks in between. Uh, and it is, a, it is fascinating to me when we take a, a quick break, how much a muscle is capable of doing more recovered. Recover, yeah, yeah. You know. And well, and I think also something I find always inspirational, and in my lessons or when I watch you ride or I hear you teach, is like that whole idea of like every moment is like there's so much training going on and yeah. like excellence going on. You know that like yeah. I always you know joke that like Stefan will be teaching me and I'll be like riding around and you're like did you feel that and i'm like oof, uh yeah i think so oh ooh, ooh, don't let him do that did you feel that don't let him do that you know and it's like every little tiny yeah thing you're so focused like you're so fully in the present and that's also something that those are your words that i've brought with me forever like you can't change the past can't yeah. worry about the future you just have to be right there in the moment in the moment and yeah control what you can control right then yeah you know and i think you also do that every day you know so you don't have to have this big conversation with the horse in the warm-up right because you've already over yeah. the years you've trained the horse you've already kind of instilled that yeah. already and, and i think you just said it yourself it is sometimes you know being being so quick um if there's a little inconsistency in the contact or whatever it is um i i don't think that much about it, it it's more like a reflex yeah yes. you know and yeah. i really have to watch that in my teaching because sometimes i um react so naturally to that yeah. you know that it's when 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 i see it i really have to process that in my brain and and explain it because to yeah. me it, it's just, sometimes it's so, like a <laughs> it is honestly a reflex yeah. yeah if they're just for a tenth of a second behind the leg or yeah if they're for a moment against the bridle it is the reaction is is so quick and i really believe that horses have such a short attention span yeah you know this quicker or like we that action them. reaction yeah. there's only so quick right. you can do you know like yeah and, and it starts with simple things like a square halt yeah you know, if we do a halt and the horse sits there for two seconds without squaring up, you, you, you missed you, it. You missed it. Yeah. yeah. You know, but if you can do that within two tenth of a second, where you give a gentle, quick reaction to say, "Hey, yeah. get that one hind leg, don't park out," or you know, have an aid for the right front leg, left front leg stepping forward, yeah. and I find that so fascinating. You know, when a horse is maybe an inch off in front that you can truly educate them to put them put that right front yeah. leg in two inches forward and be square. Yeah. Do you want to learn how to communicate in a way that your horse can better understand? Check out Team Tate Academy, JJ's online classical dressage academy. Open for enrollment multiple times per year. As a member, you'll gain clarity through the USDF accredited lesson library, monthly Zoom meetings, and twice monthly live study groups called the Taproom Chats. Join the community and benefit from connecting with a fun, passionate, and like-minded group of dressage lovers just like you. Be supported and empowered to make the progress you and your horse deserve, regardless of age, level, or background. Be inspired by JJ's commitment to your success as it shines through in every lesson and lecture. Let JJ's belief in you and your horse transfer over to every one of your rides. Visit teamtateacademy.com slash podcast today to join the waitlist for the next enrollment period.
you know, so, so that I was always fascinated with the ability of a horse to learn. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. not just all about the strength, not all about, uh, it's a little bit more coordination, but it is the mental aspect of the, of mm -hmm. the training of the horse that is so fascinating to me. Well, and it's so clear that that's part of what makes on all these different kinds of horses, your consistent success on all different types, different kinds. And because you, you just put that into your program, like from the first moment you sit on them, yeah. there's this, we're going to communicate like this, and yeah. these are my standards. And I'm, and I don't need to be loud about right. changing who you are, right. but I just want to give you a little reminder yeah. to like, try to do, try to do it this way. And horse is like, Oh, right. I, I could do that. It's, it's within that explanation, you know, yeah. was, I like that analogy when um, I've, see, I've witnessed it many times because we have a lot of um, South American workers, mm -hmm. you know, that I, you get that louder I, when someone that can't I can, understand. If somebody doesn't understand <laughs> yes. you, they stop speaking louder. <laughs> yes. We had a as, foreign exchange student with my mom. As if that doesn't work. Yeah, you and know? I'm like, she's not deaf. She just actually doesn't right. speak English that great. Right. So it's all, like you said, it's, yeah. it's in that explanation at the end of the day in the communication yeah you know yeah and just having the highest standards about that communication and i i really um believe in that with with people too mm -hmm. you know i mean i enjoy talking to you but when when people you know um ramble on i have a very very hard time um continuing a conversation <laughs> because it, it goes in so many different directions yeah you know yeah interesting yeah, and I feel like the way you ride is also the way you teach. Like you don't raise your voice, unless not anymore. I'm well, being being more patient. Well, yeah, exactly. Age does that to all of us, <laughs> it, right? We get, we get we get wiser and and you know more more patient and yeah. You know, I and I come from a system where uh, sarcasm, loud talking, yeah, shouting, um, shouting. <laughs> it's it's part of that, and yeah. I never. I'm not sure if it really ever really worked with me, but I always thought there's a better way of doing that. Mm -hmm. And I, I think um, we are definitely dealing with a potentially frustrating sport. Yeah. Possibly the most frustrating sport because <laughs> yes. with a horse, one and one can be two one day, and then the yeah. next day, one and one is definitely not yeah. two. It's like your so, tennis racket decided it just yeah. didn't want to hit the ball that day. Right, right. So it's, it's, it's that is that patience yeah you know for sure and who is like stefan peters oh boy gosh that's um you know that is a that's a very good question there's um there's first of all that a person that's still learning a lot you know about myself i mean what i've learned and had to learn in the last two years you mm -hmm. know is incredible you know there was a time when um, there was way too much self-doubt, you know, am I getting too old? This was especially mm -hmm. after the World Games. I'm sitting on a phenomenal horse mm -hmm. that has done with a previous rider, um, you know, 74% mm -hmm. already, you know, and I'm getting, you know, 70, 71. Am I good enough for this yeah. horse? A lot of self-doubt. Um, and, you know, I'd be the first one to admit that you know, that pressure got to me, mm -hmm. you know, and I thought, what is going on? Because um, for many years, you know, being an anchor rider for the team mm -hmm. many times in a World Cup, 
um, winning the Grand Prix, having to win the freestyle to win the World Cup. So many years I was able to to handle that pressure no, mm -hmm. without any problems. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I feel like this, you know, this anxiety, this um, this pressure is is affecting me physically and mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. So now I'm thinking there's all kinds of things wrong with me. You know, made a lot of doctor friends and, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, um, went went from one doctor to the other because of anxiety. I had so many uh, physical effects, from nerve pain to to, yeah. to headaches, and um, all kinds of issues. And I, I just didn't understand it because it was never a problem. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I had to chill out. <laughs> I really had to chill out. And you how know? have you done that? Like, how do you? I mean, go. I mean, like when all of us think about like the life you were like running was like clinics and riding and mm -hmm. the anchor rider and you know Stefan can handle the pressure and put him last <laughs> for the team and he'll bring it home you know like that's like things like none of us can even imagine being put in that place and that was just right. you you just did that yeah, and you yeah, were yeah. running hard and strong and right and then all of a sudden like you had to make this major change and like yep. what things were you able to change but the first thing that you just saw how much I was laughing about that you know the, yeah. the, my my sense of humor as you know which is extremely filtered right now <laughs> is um, it, it's always been there yeah you know that disappeared for a little while and um, that first of all had to come back yeah you know and just be much much more uh, gentle with myself mm -hmm. you know yes I you know like to like to stay fit and I believe in in the disciplined workouts mm -hmm. Um, no doubt, but JJ, the, the most important thing was um, to let go. Mm -hmm. Really learning to let go, you know, things, things of, the, of the past. Mm -hmm. You know, I love what Matthew McCunningham said. Um, you know, he said, don't, don't go through life and leave crumbs behind. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, mm -hmm. I left some crumbs behind, mm -hmm. but I can tell you one thing for sure. I picked up every single one of those crumbs. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and um, there were there were years, you know, when I felt like I wasn't the best human being that I could be, and that picked up a lot of crumbs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then learned to accept that that's the past. Mm -hmm. uh, learned that I, you know, can't worry too much about the future. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing was to let go. To let go every single day you know if there's if there's something that didn't go quite right mm -hmm. i know there is a way in my lesson every single day that i can do something that i can make something positive about mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you know and i find myself um telling jokes again in fact when i got on <laughs> mopsy um when he did the 70 70 percent for the grand prix yeah. the first thing i did i told when i had uh, debbie on the line i told her a joke <laughs> I can't repeat it right here. It's not. That's <laughs> not a very clean joke. But you know, just seeing seeing the world a little bit different and asking myself every single day, does that really matter, mm -hmm. or is that just absolutely ridiculous that I even yeah. <laughs> worried about that for one yeah. second? You know, and like I feel like everyone in their life, and especially athletes, because I think we put ourselves more out there and like push ourselves to mm -hmm. a higher level of 
expertise or physical strength or mental concentration. Like, I think everyone always has like this hero's journey of like, what is the struggle? And would you say that that anxiety and you needing to learn that was the biggest part of your hero's journey? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. What I had to learn in the last two years was was incredible. You know, the first time I talked to now a very good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Todd, who's a sports psychologist. Mm -hmm. And the very first conversation that we had, he said, Stefan, if the Olympic Games are everything in your life, you are, he used a very specific word for that, but <laughs> he said, you're screwed. Yeah. You know, and honestly, JJ, that was my life. It was yeah. making it to the next team, making mm -hmm. it to the next Olympic Games, the next World Cup, and then God forbid if I screw up there. Yeah. You know, and there was always so much build up to that. And, you know, as many times that I felt, you know, some some emptiness right, right after mm -hmm. that. And, you know, when you watch uh, Michael Phelps' documentary, yeah, I watched that. Um, yeah. The Weight of Gold, <sighs> you know, yeah. and, and thank God in our sport, you know, we, you know, we, we can earn money with with lessons and teaching but mm -hmm. so many athletes they go you know to the olympic games and they take out loans and yeah. they really really struggle and then afterwards there's the much bigger hole yeah you know so so i really learned that there there have to be other things in your life that you enjoy just as much so that in a way like riding became more of just what you did and For not sure. like who you were. Yes. You know, because it's hard to not attach your whole identity to that. You Absolutely. know, instead of like, I'm this person doing this thing. Yes. Instead of like, I'm this thing. Yeah. You know, and if I don't make it, then I'm nothing. Right. You know, and that's. Uh, that is exactly right. Yeah. You know, that, that, that was me. <laughs> that was me, you know, and it's not when, especially remember in Tryon, um, that was the first major championship after all those years where things didn't go that well. Yep. And I'm very thankful for my teammates and that we got a silver medal. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, but um, at the end of the day, I was the drop score. Mm -hmm. And that has yeah, never, ne happened, never happened, you know, yeah, for like... 20, over 25 years. Yeah. You know, and my world didn't just come to an end. My, my whole universe came to an mm -hmm. end, mm -hmm. you know. And um, that I had to learn that it's um, that that it's okay. Yeah, you know that those things can happen. And like I said, if you have your mental health and your physically health, mm -hmm. for everything else, there's a solution. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that. Yeah, you know, I um, I hear about drama, you know, and I feel that. We have, um, as we as we speak publicly, pu publicly with a filter, mm -hmm. we we have the right and the ability to also allow to apply a filter what goes into our ears and mm -hmm. into our eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, essentially, the way we grow up, we get bigger. We you know we eat a lot of food and we get taller. Mm -hmm. But how our brain learns is from our environment, from things that we learn. Mm -hmm. and, and, there's see. A and see. Yeah. And there's a mm -hmm. lot of things that subconsciously enter our brain that doesn't necessarily need to be there. You know? so, so how do so you in, filter? So in, installing that, that filter and saying, um, I have the capability and the ability and the right mm -hmm. to say, you know what, that is really not 
serving something me. that yeah. is serving me that should not be um, hmm. that should not be part of my life. And you you practice it every single day, mm-hmm. and I still know every single morning you have a choice of uh, putting yourself in in a good mood. Mm-hmm. And and my routine is I I don't even have breakfast. I get out of bed slowly. Mm-hmm. And um, did you always get out of bed slowly, or is this new? No, no, no. I mean, slowly, as in not just just right, getting right, up right. and and running, you know. But I I have to Savor get out of bed. The morning, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, I enjoy with an electric shaver. I enjoy shaving my hand. <laughs> so you know, when I go to the gym, I look somewhat. representable but i go straight to the gym Mm -hmm. and i know what puts me no matter how i feel in the morning it's still a choice to put yourself in a certain mood Mm -hmm. in a better mood and uh, that's that's also something i i had to learn Mm -hmm. you know i still deal with uh, quite a bit of nerve pain and Mm -hmm. some you know some pretty bad headaches that i gotta catch quickly but I really believe when you wake up in the morning, you 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 have the choice of saying, "I can make this a bit of a better day." Mm-hmm. And even if you don't feel good, you can be joyful. Yeah, by like the change of your attitude or perspective. Absolutely, it is possible. It takes a tremendous amount of training, and I didn't believe it's possible. <laughs> I, and and yeah. JJ, it's it is really true. There's, um, you know, there was a. There was a negative network in my brain of neurons that that mm-hmm. had to be fed with negativity every single day, hmm. and now I can feel still feel that that network is starving mm-hmm. every morning. It mm-hmm. wants to be fed with some some negativity, yeah, or drama, or, or drama. stress, or something. Stress, yeah, whatever you want to call it, it is it is there, hmm. and it you know I starve it. Two quick questions. Sure. When did you realize you were good enough to dream of the Olympics? For everyone watching out there, I'm sure there's a lot of young people who are still, you know, hungry for that dream. And like, when did you really realize that you were good enough even to think about that? Or was that always a dream from the minute you started riding? You know, in 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 Germany, it is such a somewhat unrealistic dream yeah. because there's so many. Yeah, you know. And but I had it. I had it at the dream, and I still remember waking up early in the morning, in the middle of the night, and watching Dr. Klimke in the '84 Olympics. You know, it was three o'clock in yeah. the morning. I remember yeah. watching him doing a hundred one tempties around the arena. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I said, you know, how incredibly cool would that be? Yeah. You know, and that that I would be there twelve years later was. Yeah. It was it was a crazy thought, you know. But <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, and my horse at that time, Udong, you know, he was certain he was going at a third or fourth level. I mean, there was no yeah. inkling that that was not in even his future. close. Yeah. Not even close, <laughs> you know. So um, I I had no clue, and I still remember when that happened. Um, that was in '96. We were all um, fighting for that. Team team mm-hmm. spot. The mm-hmm. first two spots were pretty obvious. Um, yeah, Michelle Gibson and yep. Gunter pretty much had the spot, and then there was Robert, Kathleen, and I were fighting Fine for, that for that third and fourth spot. And it came down after two weekends to the freestyle. Mm-hmm. 
And I went into that freestyle thinking, you know, we're just going to do our very best. Mm -hmm. And um, I still remember when that freestyle was done, I heard people screaming that I thought you would hear in the next county. Yeah. And I knew it was on the Olympic team. Yeah. You know, and my first reaction was, you know, um, this, this is incredible. I made it. But my second thought was, oh, shit. <laughs> now, <laughs> I now just what? made it. Right? I just made it. And now I'm, I'm representing the United States, you know. And then we, we did it. And then on top of that, we got a medal. Yeah, incredible. You know, it was, it was unbelievable. So that's when I really started believing that, you know, this, this, this actually happened. And, yeah. you know, we might be able to to do that again in the future because you do get hungry once you've done that. Right. Well, and that's funny because that was my follow-up question of like, and when was the moment you knew you'd made it? You know, it was like yeah. that moment of then like, and then we shall repeat. Right, you know, right, and like, right. what do you think is like, how have you been able to just keep repeating that? I mean, that's just incredible that then it's like the next new interesting horse came along and then you're able to like, you know, keep making yeah. the themes. Yeah, I mean, first of all, that um, a huge credit goes to Akiko and Jerry, who have been yeah. providing me with, with fantastic horses. But it was also my responsibility to recommend horses with uh, very yeah. few question marks, you yeah. know, that had the talent, the temperament, were not were sensitive enough, but mm -hmm. not, not spooky, were mm -hmm. healthy enough, were intelligent and athletic enough mm -hmm. you know so yeah. um that was always something i was extremely careful about i think everybody can um select a good horse but i know exactly jj what um, what type of horse i can produce mm -hmm. you know and my ego never got in the way where i say you know what uh, yeah i can fix that i know exactly yeah. what i can't fix <laughs> you know yeah and um I, I just always believed in, you know, a, a really good rideability in a horse, mm -hmm. you know, that everybody can see when a horse has a good temperament, has a good gait, has a good hind leg, yeah. you know, but I truly believe that horses are either born or they're not born with a lot of natural self-carriage. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that is, a, that is, that is in their genes or it's not in their genes, yeah. you know, so, um, there's there's some horses that come to my mind, the Brentina, um, yeah. Ravel. There's so many other horses. Yeah. But those horses truly had Mopsy. Yeah. Those truly those horses have naturally a lot of self carriage, and mm -hmm. they use their own muscles to carry themselves, mm -hmm. and they're not relying on mine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and what would be the most important lesson that you've learned that you wish you would have learned sooner? I think what I mentioned before to, to mm -hmm. let go. Yep, I think you know, we to, can all. To, to let go and, um, you know, accepting when there, was a, when there was a bad test that it was not the end of the world. But on the, on the flip side, when you, have a, when you have a good test, that you're still jumping up and down inside like, yeah. a, like a little kid, you know, which, <laughs> yes. which I still do. When yeah. I have a good test, I jump off the horse, you know, and I can still get extremely emotional about it. Yep. You know, and I still remember my probably my most emotional moment was uh, winning the World Cup in Las Vegas. Yeah. You know, I watched that video 
many many times you know how i just flipped out when i saw that <laughs> that number one on the scoreboard you know i'll i'll, I'll never forget that yeah. and and think about that yeah athletes do it because of their own performance but if we can you know be so grateful and appreciate that a horse fought for us in yeah. the arena and really won a medal or yeah. won a world cup for us you know that is an incredible feeling and doing that in front of an american dressage fan who you know was bringing the building down because they're screaming <laughs> so loud that is uh, that is a that is still a feeling i can't describe yeah if right. you ask me how to describe to describe that There's i can't no words i yeah. can't i can't and what's next for you like i know this is an olympic year and last year was all weird and strange and so like what's what's next for stefan peters i i do enjoy um coaching more and more mm -hmm. you know and had the chance to work now with more and more professionals just mm -hmm. just like you i <laughs> get a kick out of that don't get me wrong i still teach a lot of clinics with amateurs mm -hmm. i don't mind that i teach anyone who wants to learn yeah but i'm now honored to work with more professionals mm -hmm. and it's it's a bit more coaching it's not so much teaching and mm -hmm. training mm -hmm. it's just an eye on the ground mm -hmm. you know a little bit more or a little this, help in the saddle. there you go <laughs> you know and or sometimes getting on getting a feeling for the horse and then saying you know maybe i do this a little bit more but everything with the utmost respect to the rider mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and and always being open to feedback from the rider mm -hmm. you know i truly believe this you can be the best trainer in the world you cannot see what the rider feels up there mm -hmm. not always sometimes yeah not always you know and i i really enjoy that feedback from the rider mm -hmm. without getting defensive about it or offensive where mm -hmm. i feel like i'm being questioned you know i like that right. that cooperation mm -hmm. you know and with the interaction, the, the train, the interaction that's yeah. what i was looking for mm -hmm. you know so i'm enjoying that that a bit more but mopsy's still young and i'm not too old so we want to <laughs> keep going you know i said a few times i'm writing my story and i'm not dropping the pen anytime soon <laughs> that's great <laughs> well we're all rooting for you and we can't wait to see the next successes that will come and best of luck for the rest of your florida season and of course at the at the big dance this summer so thank you so much thank you so much for all your time thank you my pleasure thanks so much for listening to this episode of dressage life with jj kate Make sure to tell your friends that they can find us wherever they get their podcasts and be sure to subscribe, like, and leave feedback to help other dressage lovers inspire their ride too. For more information and education from JJ Tate, make sure to visit teamtateacademy.com. The podcast you just listened to is produced and powered by Red Mare Enterprises, creating possibilities through branding, modern digital solutions, and project management. We know the horse industry inside and out.